Hey guys, welcome to the third episode of Against All Odds. This is Agustina Pais, and I'm Luis, the host. So Agustina is from Argentina. She moved to the States when she was five years old. She's worked at internationally recognized companies like Vogue, Condé Nast, W, Qatar, mm-hmm. Sotheby's International Realty, and is currently living in Turkey. But we want to take it back to when she was in Georgia. So how in the world did you end up in Dubai, Qatar, and in Turkey? And um, was it something that you always wanted to do or just something that just kind of happened? Um, I always knew I wanted to leave the U.S., but I didn't know to where. Um, the Dubai, Qatar thing just kind of happened on its own. But originally, actually, I started going abroad during study abroad at Georgia State University. Mm-hmm. And then I started my master's in Hong Kong, in SCAD's campus in Hong Kong, when I was 22. And that's when I just left them. Just got jobs in Dubai and got jobs in Qatar, amazing jobs, and made it easier to stay abroad. Was it something that was difficult for you? So you always knew this like, since you were growing up in Woodstock? Or... Well, having international parents, you know, being an immigrant, going to the U.S., uh, the early traveling was always there. So going to visit my family in Argentina, then visiting relatives that were abroad in Italy and Russia, for example, travel Mm -hmm. was always there. Um, So I knew I was going to be leaving at one point, even in the suburbs of Woodstock. Can you tell me about how life was in the suburbs of Woodstock and how you went from Woodstock to Dubai and you're currently in Istanbul. I don't mean I don't think many people from Woodstock are living abroad. No, <laughs> not many. Um, so how was, did how did you? Think, yeah, how was it? Ready. Life in Woodstock was <laughs> very white, very rural, very suburban. Um, I didn't really have many opportunities besides like living in a trailer park. So I chose to go to university downtown Georgia State, uh, which. I don't know, allowed for much more growth. But during the time that I was in Woodstock, it was it was kind of a killer. Like, especially being mm-hmm. non-white, non-American, even though I'm a pretty pale girl, I was still very different. Mm-hmm. My, my, not my coworkers, what is it? My fellow students. So the segregation and the racism and the bullying was always there until I left for college. So and all, all the way up to high school? How did, how, did, how did you deal with that, cope with that? And would you say, was that something that like pushed you to even want to leave more? Yeah, I think it definitely played a role in me wanting to leave. I was never really unhappy um, if it wasn't for the time that I had in school. But I, yeah, I mean, I think the bullying and kind of the harassment got really annoying. So by the time I was 17, I decided to dual enroll. So mm-hmm. I left high school a year earlier and I went to, I started Georgia State University when I was 17. So it kind of motivated me, motivated me to leave even quicker. I knew I would leave, mm-hmm. but it just pushed me to do it faster. What to, did be it, where, to be what, like around, surrounded with people who actually understood me or that were different, just like me. So what did your parents was, think? Did they, were they, 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 were, they were very supportive. They were mm-hmm. very supportive about me going to Georgia State University. They were very supportive about me studying in China, then Korea going to Hong Kong and now my lifestyle they, they have been fully supportive would you say there, there was there ha- was there like a like a shift in your mind that made or I guess how did you build this confidence to you know as a Latina woman how did you say you know I'm done now I'm out of here I'm just gonna go abroad 
and I'm sure you were scared at some point going by yourself. But how did you? How did you overcome that? Lower middle class family, so it wasn't really like I had the resources to be to say fuck it, I'm out. I Mm -hmm. have to, you know, do everything on a budget and speak to my parents about what my plans were because I needed their financial support until until I was about 20, 21. I needed their to know that they had me, like they could back me up if I needed. So it was something that really involved my parents for a lot of, for many years. And I didn't really, I wasn't really able to say fuck it when I wanted to. I had to take small opportunities like studying abroad and, you know, taking small jobs abroad or something until I discovered what I really wanted to do. So how did it get to the point of me saying fuck it? Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people don't know that racism truly exists and I'm an only child to you know to other immigrants which are my parents so right when I saw the racism going not only to me but directed to my parents as well that's when I was like I deserve better my parents deserve better so I said maybe maybe Georgia is not the place and it's not it's still to this day is not Mm-hmm. And you ever plan on moving back, or what do you? How do you see your life now? I miss Atlanta a lot when I'm abroad, but every time I go back, it's still it's changing, it's evolving, it's growing. But it's still just after traveling to so many places, I don't think I can ever go back to where I started. I how, many, how many places have you been to now? I'm 25, countries. and I've been to 25 countries. 25, nice. What what advice would you give? Because there's a lot of a lot of women, especially Latino women, that I feel like they're scared to to just to even travel to do things on their own. Um, what advice would you give them to get to the get to your point where they're like, you know, I'm just going to move to Europe. I'm going to move to Dubai. I'm going to move to where, wherever I want, and I'm going to do whatever I want. I think I your story is really inspiring. I mean, you even inspired me to travel. You know, because like, like Agustina's doing it. Like I can do it too. You know, exactly. There's literally like nothing extraordinary about who I am. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. I think what I needed to hear and what I still need to hear is that everything will always work itself out. You just have to take the first step and know that the rest is going to magically magically work itself out. If the universe wants you to be in Europe, you'll be in Europe. If it wants you to be in Turkey, you'll be in Turkey like I am right now. Mm-hmm. You'll always be guided. So I think that's what I continuously need to tell myself. And what I really should have told myself at 17, 19, 20, 18, which I did tell myself, which is why I was able to do everything. But I had to be constantly reassuring myself that. Trusting the universe, trusting that. No, I could never, or my parents would never let me, or no, if my dad is not there, I'm not going to go because what would happen if, and I just think life is too short. So I think a lot of the girls and guys never will do anything because they are too scared or they're too comfortable, but. The people that want to should know that everything will be okay. Mm. No, for sure. And definitely something that takes time and takes a lot of, I guess, courage, really. Um, but once you do it, you just, you, I feel like you realize that, you know, you, you, you build that up and then you're like, all right, what can I, what can I do next? And um, whatnot. And so, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you, what are you currently working on now? And um, where, you know, what are you doing? And um what are your plans for the next this year and the next few years? Oh my god! So I decided to stop planning because I was always such a anal planner. So I decided to take this year easy and just see how I feel. 
thankfully I have some time to myself right now where I'm working on my own personal projects, which are very private because I'm still working on them. But I have about three personal projects and this is finally the year to take a step back from school, take a step back from working rigorous hours and saying, okay, these are my savings. This is what I can do to start my projects or I'm finally in the place I need to be like Turkey to mm -hmm. begin these side projects. So this is the year for me and the year for my projects finally. Awesome. Like it's now. It's awesome. Now going back to living abroad, did you ever deal with uh, loneliness or feeling like, you know, you miss your family? How do the you? Further, the further I am in time zones, the more nostalgic I get. Really? Mm -hmm. Like in Hong Kong, it was 12 hour, 13 hour difference with my mom and dad. And I speak to my parents every day. And with the time difference being 12, 13 hours, like how do you find time to say hello to your mom and catch them or your dad, you know, and catch them at the right time before they go to work or before you start your classes, before you start your day, before you sleep, before they sleep. It was really tough. Um, like now I'm nine hours ahead and I still think it's a little tough to, to coordinate time, but mm -hmm. I'm okay because, you know, in the morning I catch them or they're still before they go to bed and it's fine. Being 12, 13 hours away. Really hard. It was so hard because I, it felt it was the loneliest you know because like all the world you know even you you're at the same time difference so we wouldn't have time to talk and that's right. like my route you know if i don't talk to my parents or my best friends and then it's tough what was the the hardest thing before moving abroad like the, the hardest thing you had to overcome was it like something financial what, what was it that you had to overcome to to move abroad i think the financial i think at first it was reassuring myself that my savings would be enough and then that if I ever needed anything that my parents would be there it was just constantly being in communication with my mom and dad and being honest and saying all right guys I made it to Hong Kong but I only have like I don't know a hundred dollars for this week as a student <laughs> right. if I need dollars extra I just want to make sure that you guys fully support me and they would say of course we totally support you if you need anything but it was taking that leap forward, knowing that I could support myself until I found the job, until I finished my degree. It's tough. Like you get so comfortable at home living with your mom and dad or living in your own city, in your own country, and then making that jump where you, everything's so uncertain and you're still learning the language, for example. Mm -hmm. It's not that easy. How'd you get so trusting? How'd you become to trust so much and in a sense like the universe or trusting the process, trusting that everything would work out without knowing everything that was going to happen. How did you become, I guess, would you consider yourself spiritual? Very spiritual. I read a lot of self self help books in my early teens, late teens and early twenties. And I actually still do. But I think those kinds of books really motivated me and inspired me, you know, did, to be did, you, did you get into those books because you were dealing with a lot of, um, as part bullying and maybe, difficulties at home or yeah. was it just yeah could mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that and like, how that helped you during that time like the year when I was about 13 14 um just people started like people were got worse and worse every year like no matter how much I grew like literally like the white kids for example in school never really got any better they just kept getting more and more ignorant and I didn't have the option of changing middle schools or high schools. I just had to deal with it until I was old enough to go to university. But mm -hmm. I was reading a lot of books telling me not to internalize that and not to take it all personal. These people were just dealing with their own hate. 
So a lot of it was learning that none of it was against me or um, Mexican students near me, you know, that also face, face the same type of racism and stuff. Um, but it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with them only. So, so yeah, so I started at about 13, 14, reading books like The Law of Attraction, The Four Agreements. Learning at that. 13, 14? Who introduced you mm-hmm. to this? Like, how did you find out about this? My mom did. My mom was always very spiritual and mm-hmm. she always gave me tools to, you know, to move on and to be better than, than I was yesterday. Oh, that's cute, right? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> don't cry cry. please don't cry Um, that's that's amazing that you got into those books at such an early age most people don't don't start reading those until like in the robin's say 20s mid-20s on getting into this but it sounds like you've been Mm -hmm. because of pain you started reading these things early on in age um and would you say does that still these things still affect you now or do you feel like you've kind of overcome them or Um, are there things that you still carry on because of that or related with me because it was something that was so deep especially when you're a child growing up you know like you have no reason to go through any of those things but I did so especially going abroad and seeing that so many people are so different when I Mm. see somebody like a little girl or a young boy not necessarily like five ten years old but somebody even 20 that's just making the change to move somewhere abroad a person has to have a lot of balls to do that so I Mm. sympathize a lot and I think that's the best gift that I can relate to them, relate to anyone. I can relate to anyone because everyone's so different. So I can go to Hong Kong and relate to an Asian. Uh, I can go here and relate to Americans that are living here or Kurds that are living in Turkey. I don't know. Anything. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. so Would you s- yeah. Would you say that living abroad should be something that everyone does at least once in their life? I don't think it's for everyone. No. I think, no, I think some people are really comfortable with their lives and they shouldn't be forced to try new things. I've met a lot of people here in Turkey as well that say, you know, Istanbul is the greatest city in the world. And I agree, but I would never <laughs> want to live anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why don't you give another city a chance? And they say, I don't want to. I have everything I have, everything I want. I have my family. This is a city with so much opportunity, so much growth, so much everything that I have. I don't have the need to besides traveling for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. So I don't think traveling abroad or living abroad is for everyone. For everyone. But definitely traveling. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Would you say, I don't know, I think we talked about this before, but um, I feel like part of the reason mm-hmm. why I, I started traveling or I wanted to get to know other places was because I felt out of place here as well. And I just didn't feel, I guess, happy. Um, and I know I, I also had like a tough upbringing <laughs> that kind of made me want to leave. And mm-hmm. In, in the beginning, but then later on, it just became more of like a passion. Would you say that that happened to you as well? Or was just, kind of, or not so no, much? Because I was out of place and I, you know, and again, also traveling early though, from the age of that I was 12, 13, 14, going to places like Italy, like Russia, kind of opened my eyes. So then I was like, there's a whole other world. What am I doing? So aside from being out of place, I was also encouraged by my parents to travel to Argentina every year to travel to different places. So it wasn't like, it was so difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. What advice would you give to younger people that, you know, kind of thought I, go, I went through what you went through, the similar things that you struggled with, you know, as, and even in particular as a Latina woman in America, what advice would you give them if, you know? That's difficult 
because so many things that I wish I would tell myself, like, no, that everything's going to be okay. Younger me would have been like, fuck off. You still have to go through it, you know? And I can tell you to read like all the self-help books, but you still have to go through it. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times I had lunch in the fucking bathrooms. Like I had lunch alone in the public in in, like the bathroom stalls in school Mm -hmm. because having lunch by myself in the bathroom was better than going to like the white table or the black table or the Mexican table because I was not Mexican. I'm Latina, but I'm not Mexican. Right. Mexicans are racist too. I was not black and I was also not white. So I didn't fit into any of these. So literally having lunch with myself was probably the best thing. My only option. So fuck, what would be my advice? I think just do what you have to do to change your circumstance. Like, I left early. I left a year early. As soon as I could, I left. You know, I didn't stick it out until my last year of high school. I left early. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can always do something today to improve your tomorrow. I was learning another language from that time too, from the time I was 12, 13. Because I was like, when I'm out of here, I need to be ready. I have to be ready. (laughs) Whether it's like France or Brazil or anywhere, like you have to be ready. And you were. You know, at least something you could do. Mm. Did you, throughout that time, were you just like, on a daily basis just um thinking positively not trying to be as mm-hmm. optimistic as you were even though it was I was actually planning my trips I remember being like <laughs> you were planning movie. okay yeah I was watching like Anthony Bourdain I remember and then I would sit during my lunch hours or my like recess hours and I would plan what I would do on my first day and I didn't even have a plane ticket to this place I was just like okay I'm going to Istanbul one day and this is what I'm going to do and you know this is what I'm going to eat and all those things that I wrote, I did all of it. So literally all of it. Literally, could, literally. You name, could, could you name the top three things uh, that, that you did, that you wrote down and that you did that you... Yeah, I had a mortadela sandwich in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I had okay. laksa in Singapore, which was one of my dreams. What else? I saw the towers, the twin towers in Kuala Lumpur. You what did. the hell? I did all. Yeah. Did you know, you know... Can you explain to the people that may not understand, like, you know, how this, I guess, works? Or did you, you just believe that, did you visualize this or is this just something you wrote down, right? And I, I know you journaled a lot. I used, to down, do. I used to, well, I still do. I wrote down everything I wanted, like exactly the way I wanted it. I wanted, I knew the countries, I knew what I would do. Um, and it also got to the point where I started buying my outfits. I remember when I was like 15, 16, and I started yeah. buying outfits that I knew I would wear to each different city. So I had like, I had like different sections in my closet. Pretty psycho, right? I had different <laughs> sections in my closet. Yeah, I, like I Leggings I would wear in Singapore. I had different leggings I wanted to wear in Brazil. Um, a different shirt I wanted to wear in Argentina, in Buenos Aires. I don't know, stuff like this. So I always had like little piles of clothes that I was collecting for each different trip. Mm-hmm. But you were already like seeing it manifesting yeah, it before it even happened i always knew it would happen but i always felt it would happen so i mean i guess i truly believed it mm-hmm. and i was like somehow it's gonna happen I don't and, know did how. You, and did you do that because you knew it was gonna happen it was just a matter of time and then you just wanted to yeah, to, to, to speak it into existence i want it to be ready nice yeah so i'm blessed very blessed i think uh you, you have a really good way of thinking and and i feel yeah and, and I think I pretty much from knowing you, you've done pretty much everything that you've ever wanted to do. And that's something that, that I admire and that, that you do it on a consistent basis. You just, yeah. and anything so, new comes up, you just 
do it. You know, you don't really think so much about it, even if you're scared, even though you're not sure how you're going to do it, you just do it. Um, so the other day I was talking I, to my mom about one of these personal projects and I gave her like the whole idea and I said, fuck, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have the balls to do it. And she said, of course you're going to do it. You're going to do it in the next two months. And I said, I don't know. How do you know? She's like, <laughs> literally everything you wanted to do, you've done. And I was like, oh, you're right. She's like, you've done everything you ever said you were going to do. And I was like, right, you're right. So that's why I'm like convinced that this fucking project's gonna be, it's gonna happen. I don't know how, but it's gonna happen. It's nice, right? Yeah, but like I, I believe, therefore I am, right? Something like that? I think it's like, is it like yeah. that? What is, what is the thing? Well, What's the phrase? I am, therefore, no, it's something like I that. I think, therefore I am. There we go. Yeah, yeah I think something like I that. I am, therefore I think. <laughs> Hey, close enough. <laughs> I am, therefore, I believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, so I'm going to ask you this final question. Yay. All right? And then you can answer it in one word or in one phrase, one sentence, however you like. <laughs> um, and the question is, um, if, you had, if you had one day left to live, you knew you were going to die in 24 hours, uh, what would you do? What the fuck? <laughs> I'd probably eat uh, my my favorite food. <clears throat> Which is? Well, shit, I have many, so it depends on where I am in the world. You have 24 hours. Well, what city am I in? You're in Istanbul. Okay, I would go buy myself everything I want. I would max out my credit card. I would buy myself a Chanel bag. A and Chanel. then I would go eat a 10 liter like doner which is like, yeah, no, okay, kebab, for example, and that's it. Okay. Then I would die with a kebab in my stomach and a Chanel bag and have, on me. Right, and I actually have one, actually one more question. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you inspired me to ask another question. Um, how do you want to... Why a Chanel bag? No, no. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, because you already have a, what bag do you, you have a duo, how do you say it? Duar? Dior. Dior. One day I'll get I have it, a right? door bag. Why don't you get another one of those? <laughs> I already got one. True, true, true. Okay, if what do you want to be remembered for? Like the day that you're, uh, you know, to get old, hopefully get to that age, and um, you're dying. What do you want people to remember you for? What is my one of my personal projects, and for being real, for not being a bullshitter. For being real. Mm-hmm. For not bullshitting anything or anyone. I love that. I love that. (laughs) For being. I hope people can say, fuck, she was such an asshole. But she she was honest and real. So real. 100%. I agree completely that you You have always always been real since day one. Um, We met in in Portuguese class freshman year. (laughs) And she was real from day one. Um, Oh my God, I remember. So I hope that you continue to be real and I'm sure that you will. And um, thanks for be- coming on the show. And um, thank yeah, you. And, uh, for bringing me and, um, if you, you know, do you have any like places that you want people to follow you at or do you have a website up for your projects or anything like that? Um, no, that what was that? <laughs> private as fuck. Everything's private. I learned my lesson. <laughs> that's okay, another so. advice i have for girls don't make your instagram public you'll get a lot of stalkers 
Okay. So right now it's on, you don't want people following you or anything like that. Okay, cool. Well, in the future, if you do, in any case, I'll put the link down once you have your your project, you know, we'll put it (laughs) in the description below once she has something up. Um, so you can follow her. <laughs> once she has something concrete. <laughs> <It's not laughs> so you, yeah. So you can follow her, talk to her. Um, if you know, cause a lot of people that hopefully people that are watching, you know, that are inspired by you, maybe they may want to be reached out to you. Maybe they're women, you know, would you like them to reach out? You know, I could put in the, yeah. e- their, your email at least, or what do you, sure, put my email. Okay. I'll put your email in the description so that people can reach out to you if they have any questions or they want to learn Perfect. more about your travels or, you know, your careers and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks, Agus. And um, thank yeah. you, Luis. <laughs> yeah, you have a good night in Istanbul. You have an amazing night <laughs> in ATL. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.